0: you can hear my voice is still getting better and better. It's better this week than it was last week. And uh, so I'm going to preach no matter what, because that's my job. Amen. And that uh, doesn't matter how you feel. It's not about your feelings. It's, it's about the Lord Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> so we've been talking about uh, this is the victory and having faith. And the way we overcome the world system is by what? Okay, we'll try that again. The way we overcome the world system is by? Remember, you've got I'm gonna give you another seven amens okay 14 yeah because some of you didn't have you it's a rollover every month every week so if you didn't give out seven last week you only gave out three you have 11 this week okay so you got to give them out Able elbow your neighbor and say I'm gonna to amen today <clears throat> I'll let that be one of your amens okay the question is then why do we why are we talking about this why do we need faith well without faith it is what? Impossible to please God. Some of y'all need to read your Bibles a little bit more, just for the record. By the way, we have a daily Bible reading plan, and every year you will read the Bible all the way through. And if you keep reading the Bible every single year, when I say, without faith, it's what? Then you'll be like, impossible to please God. Amen. Amen. There you go. The moment of our salvation, then we immediately come into this point of pleasing God. Before salvation, we cannot please God. There's nothing that we can do. There's no amount of works. There's no amount of good deeds. There's no amount of nice things or hugs or free kisses or whatever. There's nothing that you can give out that will please God except faith, accepting the work that Jesus did on the cross for us that allows us to please God. Amen? So when we accept the work of Jesus Christ, Christ by grace, through faith, he's pleased with us. Now, from that point on, we're completely accepted by God. Are you with me? Okay. So having said that, then, our primary goal now is to become like Jesus. We call this being fully formed at City of God. It's this idea that Jesus came to give us abundant zoe, abundant life. And every area of our life, we believe, according to the word of God, that every area of our life should have abundance. That's a good place to say amen. So in your health, in your relationships, in your finances, in your mental health, in whatever it is, whatever aspect of our life, we want to have the abundant life that Jesus Christ came to give us. And that is our common desire and our common pursuit here at City of God is to become more like Jesus. It's the goal that we all want to be pursuing and the more of us can get on that goal and that pursuit, then the more we'll see change in Los Angeles. Amen. And that's why we want to be different as a church. And what I mean by that is really not different. We want to be biblical as a church. We just want to be like what the church is in the Bible. And we're all for the, the, the productions and the music and all that stuff. But we want there to be more because we want the presence of God. And as we pursue Jesus on Sunday, which is why we call this a gathering and not a service, because a service implies sort of that you're coming and you're hearing and you're getting this sort of monologue When in reality, a gathering is us coming together, lifting up the name of Jesus in praise and worship, and then engaging in the message of saying, yes, I want to be a part of that. My faith is being built up. I'm being encouraged. And we leave out of here and we go Monday through Saturday and we have the same perspective. We're pursuing Jesus. We're pursuing people because we want to become like Jesus. Amen. One of the ways that we become like Jesus is walking by faith and not by sight. In reality, if we're not walking by faith, we can't even please God. Right? Because without, without faith, it's what? It's impossible to please God. It's, you can't do it. And so we have to please God, which is why we can't have salvation without faith in Jesus Christ. You can't be a believer without faith. That's inherent in the word. I'm a believer. I have faith. And why am I saying all this? Because today I want to give you our third definition of what faith is. And before I get into that, let's go back and just quickly review what the first two was. were. Number one was faith is what? <clears throat> two things. Blank and blank. Believing and speaking let's say it together faith is and faith is and one more time real loud like you really mean it faith is and okay now why are we saying that over and over again because faith is believing and speaking so if somebody asks you tomorrow morning why do you have faith and really well what is faith what would you say Faith is believing and speaking. And what that does instantly is that creates a conversation with that person to say, what are you believing and what are you speaking, right? I'm believing and confessing that Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. Why do you believe that? And then you can go into the whole sermon and give them the preach the gospel and all that good stuff. So what is faith? Believing and speaking. Faith is believing and speaking. With the heart man believes and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation or declaration or profession is made unto salvation. Paul says in Corinthians, as it is written, I believed and therefore I spoke or therefore I speak. Faith isn't just believing, it is speaking. And in reality, for truth, for, for faith to really manifest itself, it has to come out in speaking. You cannot be saved apart from a declaration of faith in Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where it's like, I'm saved. Well, did you ever declare that Jesus Christ was your Lord and Savior? Well, I did in my mind. Well, you need to say it out loud. Right. With the heart, man believes inside, internally, I have faith. But with the mouth, the verbaling, the verbalizing of it, my verbal verbalizing of my faith, that is made unto salvation. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. The second one, faith is the what? title deed yes nice <clears throat> i should put i should have just put it up on the slide it is boom next slide faith is the title deed say that faith is the title faith is the title deed okay hope is waiting faith is active it's not if it's not now we said this if it's not now it's not faith faith is the substance and that's where we get this idea of the title deed faith is the substance it's the foundation it's the evidence that we can build our lives on Hope has a place in our life and we should always be filled with hope. And Jesus is the hope of the world and all that good stuff. But faith is the substance of the things that we hope for. Faith is actually saying, this is my hope made into reality. It is the title deed for my my relationship with Jesus. And so now we've got two definitions, right? Faith is number one. Faith is what? Believing Believing and speaking. And faith is the? Okay. And now, from this basis, we begin to really understand what is faith, how does it begin to work. And today, I'm going to give you this third definition. Faith is active. Say that. Faith is active. Say it one more time. Faith is active. I feel like some of you aren't saying it. Faith is active. Okay, there you go. Okay, now we're saying it again because faith is believing and speaking. Faith is active. Faith is not passive. Faith, as we've been saying this, Faith is a muscle, okay? As big as mine are, I know that you want to have these muscles as well, but faith has muscles. Faith, faith is a muscle. For muscles to get bigger, they have to be active, okay? I know a bunch of light bulbs just turned on when I said that, but you cannot get muscles by thinking about them. Okay, i just going to let that sit in just for a minute. You cannot increase muscle mass or get stronger or get shredded or whatever it is that you desire just by thinking about it, right? If you really want to go like a step above thinking about muscles, you can get that little belt that they wear and it contracts. And the guy's like, it goes up to 150, 150 what, man? But that there's some sort of resistance that has to take place activity for the muscles to grow. Faith is the same way. It is a muscle, and it has to be active. So then the question is, how do I use my faith? Faith, if it's active, it is acting upon God's word. It's not waiting for answers, because answers have already been given. And I think a lot of Christians fall into this thing where I'm waiting for God to speak to me, and God's up there going, I've already spoken 66 books I've already told you what my word was. Now take it and use it and do something with it, right? I'm just waiting for God to speak to me. He already has. Probably on 99% of the questions that we have in our lives, God has already answered them in the Word. We just have to begin to get into the Word, which is, again, why I encourage you to read the Bible on a daily basis so that you can begin to hear and know God's voice so that when times do come up and you don't know what's going on, you can say, oh, it's a good thing I read my Bible this morning because I read a verse that said... And your faith can become active. Sometimes we view reading the Bible as just this chore or this task I've got to do. But in reality, it is our spiritual feeding. It's how we grow. It's how we build our faith muscles. So let's get into the word today. Joshua chapter six is going to be on the screen. Verses three through five. It says this. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go around the city once. This you shall do six days and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up, every man straight before him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word today. God, I thank you. It's living and sharper and powerful. I thank you, God, that each and every one of us, Lord, is, is, is learning and growing in our faith. Lord, that we're beginning to believe and speak. We're beginning to show that title deed in every arena of our life. And I thank you today. Our faith is going to be more active than it ever has been as a result of acting upon God's word. Today, Lord, as we hear your word, let it increase our faith in Jesus' name, amen. Yeah. We walk by faith and not by what? Right. And not by sight, right? This is, of course, easier said than done. And it's really kind of great to quote that. Because as a, if you say that to another believer, it's kind of like you just kind of push it off on them. You know what I mean? Well, you know, brother, we walk by faith and not by sight. It's like, thanks, pal. I'm going through something right here, right? You know what I mean? Or the Lord works in mysterious ways, right? We don't know. Like, come on, that's Garth Brooks song, that's not even in the Bible, okay? You know what I mean? Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. No, they're not. You know what I mean? I really want those things to happen, you know? And these are these things that we say to sort of like pass off the buck to somebody else. Well, it's kind of like saying, you know what, I don't care. You figure it out on your own. I got my own problems in life, right? Anybody ever been there? Anybody ever said that? I have a number of times, right? So the question then is, how do we walk by faith? and not by sight. So in this story, we see that Jericho and the promised land are real places. You can go, and this is a spoiler alert maybe for some people, but you can go to the Middle East, you can go to Israel, and you can see the promised land. You can see the places where Jesus walked. You can go to the Garden of Gethsemane where Jesus sweat drops of blood and agonized before turning his will over to be crucified. There's real places, okay? So when we look at the word of God, these are not stories, right? This is real, these are stories of real historical events that really happened of people just like you and I who were actively using their faith to fulfill the will of God. And so we have to be able to put ourselves in the light of this and say, man, what would I have done if I were Joshua? Think about that just for a second. Six days of marching around a town. Okay, we're going to come back to that point. The promised land, though, is this place where God said, I'm giving you this land. Now, we don't know why it's special necessarily, but God chose this one piece of land out of all the earth and said to Israel, this is the place I want you to go. I want you to occupy it. I want you to have it. It's yours. But they get there and they realize there's all these people living there. So what they have to do is they have to displace and get rid of all of those inhabitants. One of the words that God gave us before we moved out here was, this is your promised land. But he said this, whatever you can conquer, you can have. And the same promise has been to Israel from the beginning. Whatever you can conquer, you can have. If you can conquer Jericho, then you can have the land. If you can conquer AI, then you can have the land. If you can conquer all the different cities and all the different lands, then you can have those. Now, our spiritual promised land is not conquering physical land anymore. We're not trying to conquer people. You know what I mean? I don't go out to the street and try and conquer humans. You know what I mean? Subdue them, put them in you know handcuffs and bring them to church on Sunday, although that may not be a bad idea. Right? I'm not trying to conquer people. I'm trying to conquer the principalities and the powers, and the way I do that is in the spiritual realm by using my faith. Amen? So Israel gets to this promised land, and there's this massive walled city called Jericho, uh, but it's not just one wall. There's actually two walls. There's a wall on the ground level that's maybe 15 to 20 feet high and a couple feet wide, but then there's a mound that goes up, and then there's another wall. From the ground to the top of that second wall, 46 feet high. Okay, that's pretty big, that's pretty tall, in case you're wondering. That's like from the ground, the driveway out there, to the top of the Western Exterminators building. And there's a city of several thousand people that this wall goes all the way around. Some people have uh, said that the walls were so thick that they could do chariot races on them. So these are not like the wooden fence that separates you from your neighbor. You know what I mean? Walk around the wooden fence a couple times and then kick it down, right? We're talking about stones and mounds and then more stones and more walls, okay? So this is a big deal, a big, massive, walled city. Say faith is active. active. And what strategy then does God give Israel? He's like, all right, if you guys are going to conquer this city, here's how we're going to do this. Are you ready? Bring it in, guys. We're going to walk around it. And it's kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? I think at Joseph or Joshua at this point, it's kind of like, say it again. Let me, can you draw it? Like, I'm going to walk, like just circle the city. That's what you want me to do. That's what you want. All these men of war, swords and clubs and shields and bows and arrows. And you want us to march around the city. Yeah. How many times? I want you to do it every day for six days. And then on the seventh day, I want you to march around it seven times. So every day for six days, I'm going to march around this city. And the first six days, they're marching around in silence. On the seventh day, he says, I want you to march around it six times. On the seventh time, break out the trumpets. So this is where Pooh Bear gets in. He's a trumpet player. Paul, you're going to have to lead the charge. You're going to have to play the trumpet for us. And when you guys hear the sound of the trumpet, everyone's going to shout. And then what? Right? Then we then we release the catapults and the you know pull the walls down and put the ladders up. No, you're gonna shout and the walls are gonna come down. Just think about that for a second. when we just describe those walls, massive walls, up to you know, forty six feet high, a feet of of just walls, and then we're gonna shout and the walls are gonna come down. And sometimes we read these Bible stories and putting them into context and putting them sort of, you know, it, our, you know, historically realize this is a massive step of faith, right? When we think about like paying our bills for the month, like, God, I need more faith. Like what about walking around a walled city where your life is in danger? You know what I mean? And and then we're going to shout and things are going to happen. It takes faith, right? We got this where we got to have our faith muscles stretched. Say faith is active is doing whatever his word says. We said this last week. Doubt is disagreeing with the word. God cannot help those who don't agree with him. Did you know that? And what happens is a lot of times when we're praying or we're trying to stretch our faith, our faith is not in agreement with the word of God, which is why faith is active and faith acts upon God's word. So if we're not in agreement with God's word, he cannot do anything to help us other than reveal to us that we are wrong. Right? And that's not the fun part. You're like, man, I want this to happen. God, I really need this. And God says, you're wrong. And you're like, that's the devil. You know what I mean? No, God, you know, I'm believing in faith. Casey told me my faith is active and I got to believe it and speak it. And God's like, no, but you're wrong. Go to the word and find out what the word says. And then grab that word and then speak that word. Faith is agreeing with God's word. And this is why everybody who wants to be saved has to believe that Jesus Christ is Lord. Either you agree with the word that God says that his son is the Lord and Savior, or you do not. And if you don't agree, then God cannot help you. But if you agree with that word, then God can help you. Amen, and that's this initial agreement with God. That from there we grow, and as we grow in our faith, and as we grow in our faith, we grow in greater agreement with God. Which is why what Paige said today about John the Baptist saying, "I must decrease so that Christ can increase," is basically saying, "I must get all the areas out of my life that are in disagreement with God's Word, so that I can get into greater agreement with God's Word." Amen. Amen. Faith actively agrees with the word of God. We have to move out of passivity and into activity. What would you have said if you had been in the position of Israel? A lot of times we'd be like, all right, I've got some, I got a better idea, Joshua. Joshua. What if we take these catapults and start hammering the walls for the next six days instead of marching around in silence for six days? What if we start putting ladders? What if we send in a sneak attack, right? You know, the fifth column, we get in there and they sneak in. And from the inside out, have you guys heard of the Trojan horse yet? You know, no, we haven't. Well, I'm going to invent it right now. We're going to send them a big gift in the shape of a camel, and we're going to send it in, right? You know, We have, we'd start putting our ideas into place. Would you have questioned whether Joshua had even heard from God? So let me get this straight, Joshua. You want us battle-ready, battle-tested men of God to march around the wall. You, sir, are an idiot, right? Maybe you wouldn't have said idiot. You would have said a jerk or a fool or whatever. But you would have probably thought to yourself, this guy is nuts. Or would you have just walked away? Faith says, okay, let's do this even when you don't understand it. Think about that for a second, because there's a lot of things that we don't understand about God, and it takes faith to agree with them. Amen? Faith is agreeing and saying, let's do this even though I don't see it. If you can see it, faith is no longer necessary. Right? Now listen to this verse. It says this, when you hear the sound of Paul Puber, the trumpet player playing, all the people will shout with a great shout. Then the wall of the city will fall down flat. What happened first? First, Pooh Bear played the trumpet.
1: <clears throat> that
0: was pretty close to what Pooh Bear sounds like. He's like, I'm better than that. We'll see. It's kidding. First, the trumpet thing. Then a shout. Everyone shouts, yeah, or yeah, praise, or hosanna, whatever. They shouted something, okay? Then what happened? Then the wall fell down. It would have been easy to shout after the wall fell down. Right? Because you would have seen it. Now like, oh, it really happened. Yay. But God says, no, you have to do something by faith, in faith, before I do the work. And that's, that's sort of the activity of faith. God says, I'm putting this on you and I want to see what you do. And then I'll move. Again, if we can see it, it's not faith. We don't need faith for the sea, And this is how faith works. We have to do something by faith for the something to happen into the natural. They didn't shout after it. They shouted before one rock had ever fallen. They shouted. Faith shouts that the wall has already come down. Faith shouts that we already have the victory. Faith shouts that we've already conquered the promised land. Faith says, yes, I'm already healed. Yes, I'm already blessed. Yes, I'm already whatever it is. Faith is saying it's already here. It's in the now. It shouts first and then the walls come down. Hebrews 11.30 says this, By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after They were encircled for seven days. And lest we think this is an isolated event, let me give you some other examples of this. Luke 5, 20 and 24, it says this, The paralyzed man was lowered down through a ceiling on a rug. When he saw their faith, he said to the man, Man, your sins are forgiven you. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who is paralyzed, I say to you, arise take up your bed and go to your house. The man was paralyzed before he got to the house He's paralyzed as he's being lowered down to the ground in front of everybody. Jesus was having this meeting. There's Pharisees, there's Sadducees, there's religious people, there's just regular Joes listening to Jesus teach. These guys have this passion. They want to see their friend healed. He wants to be healed. They break open the roof, lower the man down on a mat, which takes faith alone, right? Lower him down in front of everybody. And Jesus says, stand up and walk. When was the man healed? As he was sitting there? Or after he stood up and walked? <clears throat> if he did not stand up, he would not have been healed. Are you with me? His faith was active. He could have just sat there and said, am I healed? What's happening? What am I supposed to do? Am I healed? But Jesus gave him a command and his choice then was to be healed. In agreement with God's word or to not agree with God's word. Faith is agreeing with God's word. As soon as he made his faith active by agreeing with the word, he stood up on his feet and started walking, rolled up that mat and walked out in front of everybody. And the Bible says that everyone was like, what on earth just happened there? That's my sort of translation of that verse. Like, this really say, what on earth? No, he grabbed his mat and walked out. And I mean, there would have been some shouting then, right? Yeah. What is going on? And then you would have grabbed your sickest person that you knew and you would have brought him straight to Jesus, right? Yeah. Here's another one. This is in Matthew. Let me just say this before I get there. Faith does even when nothing has changed. That's what faith is, right? I can't see, but I'm believing that if I agree with God's word, this will happen. That is going to happen. That it's already happened. I was reading as I was studying for this message. And, and this, this this guy was saying, he says he said to this woman, he was praying for them. And it was like a healing service. And uh, this woman says, yeah, I, I know that Jesus wants me to be healed. And this guy was pretty blunt. He's from Texas. And he says, no, it doesn't say anywhere in the Bible that Jesus wants you to be healed. And the lady kind of looked at him like, what are you talking about? He says, Jesus has already told you you're healed. And that's the difference. Faith is now. Hope is in the future. Right? She was saying, oh yeah, I know that Jesus would like me to be healed. Just like Lazarus' sister, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, I know that Lazarus will be resurrected in the future. And Jesus turns to her and says, no, you don't get it. I am the resurrection and the life. I want him alive now. And he raised him from the dead. Right? So, Jesus doesn't want you to be healed. He already said you're healed. Jesus doesn't want you to be blessed. He already said you're blessed. Amen. He doesn't want you to be joyful. You're already joyful. But the question is, are you agreeing with God's word or not? Yeah. Good. That's what faith is. Faith is active. Matthew chapter 14, verses 26 through 32. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it's a ghost. They cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So Jesus said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. What did Peter say this? Command me to come to you on the water. What's he saying? He's saying, give me, an, give me a word to agree with. Yeah. Peter gets out of the boat and then starts walking on water. All Jesus did was say, come. It would have been easy if Jesus would have made that water like glass. You know what I mean? Made it like, it looked like ice and Peter got out, walked on it and was like, yeah, this is cool, right? But the wind and the waves are smashing the side of the boat, You know, which is a pretty big boat to be able to hold 12, 13 people and all their supplies and all this stuff. So it's not like he's just stepping out of a dinghy. This is a pretty big boat with wind, you know, sails and things like that. So he's got to climb over the edge, drop down onto the water and then start walking on it. Now, I don't know your... You know, your experience with water, but the minute you step on it, you go down, right? You go into the water. But Peter says, I'm going to do this, not knowing what's going to happen other than Jesus commanded me to come. Faith is agreeing with God's word. Did Peter believe Jesus before or after he got out of the boat? Right? When? Before he got out of the boat not after. If he would have done after, you know what I mean? He would have gone down there. And you see, we see we see what happens when he starts to kind of let his normal carnal mind kick in. He's like, all of a sudden the waves are getting bigger and he's like, oh no, I'm drowning all of a sudden. Like, what changed in you? Doubt. He started disagreeing with Jesus' command. Jesus said to come to me. Peter agreed with it and then realized, what am I doing out here? You know, it starts sinking and Jesus grabs him now, mind you, Jesus is still standing on top of the water, grabs Peter at that point, and they walk back to the boat. Now, if you're in the boat, you're thinking the same thing that people with the paralyzed people thought, what on earth is going on here? Another one, Acts 14, verses 8 through 10. And in Lystra, a certain man, without strength in his feet, was sitting, a cripple from his mother's womb, who had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking, Paul observing him intently and seeing that he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and walked. Think about that. Seeing that he had faith to be healed, he shouted, stand up. Or he shouted, do something about it. Right? Give me a word to agree with. Tell me to do something with my faith. Activate your faith. Did the man walk while he sat? Did he cry, you know, kind of stumble up against the wall or whatever? No, the Bible says that he leaped to his feet. Now, if you're paralyzed, you've never leaped before, right? So, in that moment, something connected in his heart to the agreement of God, and he, I mean, if you've seen pictures of people who are paralyzed, you know, outside of this you know, modern context, you know, wheelchairs and things like that. He's on a mat on the ground, shriveled legs, and he just all of a sudden leaps up off the ground. How did he do that? His faith was active. He agreed with the word of God. He activated his faith by saying, I will agree with that. Stand up on your feet and be healed. Take that faith and make it active. Let me give you one last example to show us what not to do. John 20 and verse 25. The other disciples said to him, we've seen the Lord. This is to Thomas. So Thomas says to them, unless I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe I, unless I see, I will not believe that's not faith. That's sight, right? All these other guys had seen Jesus post resurrection. Thomas says, unless I see him with my own eyes, I will not believe next thing. You know, Jesus pops into the room and says, you got it, pal. He says, here I am. Thomas, stick your finger in my nail in the nail holes stick your hand notice the notice the difference finger in the nail holes stick your hand into my side that's how big the wound was that was that pierced jesus where blood and water spilled out for our salvation so stick your hand into my side and then jesus says after this you have seen and now you believed because thomas says my lord and my god jesus says you have seen because you believe Blessed are all those after you who have not seen yet believed. That's us. We're blessed because we have not seen Jesus in physical form. We didn't see him post, but we believe because we agree with his word. We believe because that's what his word says. And so this morning, my question to you is, where's your faith at? Is it passive or is it active? Is it growing or is it stagnant? Are you seeing and then believing or are you believing and now you're seeing the results? for us to grow as individuals, for us to conquer the city of L.A., so to speak. We've got to believe. We've got to believe that God is doing something in this church, that this is where God wants us to be, that God is doing something in our lives, and as people see that, they will believe. Amen. Amen. Let's stand as we close this morning. What area of your life do you need to begin to agree with God? Think about this in the realm of finances. Some people say, I want the Lord to bless me and then I will give. That's not faith, that's sight, right? That's why the tithe is so powerful because it's us stretching our faith and saying, God, I don't know what you're going to do with this 10%. I could use this 10%, but I'm going to give it to you. Trusting that what you said, when you said I will open up the windows of heaven over your life, I believe it. Faith is believing and then seeing faith is active and then the results come after. What about healing? What does the word say? What do you need to do to activate your faith for healing? Do you believe that it's already happened? Grab the word and start quoting it. What about joy? What about peace? What about righteousness? What are the areas of your life where you say, man, I need God to move. Get a scripture, get a word and start declaring it because faith is believing and... Speaking. Faith is believing and speaking. Faith is the title deed. It's the thing that we hope for. This is the substance of it. And faith is active. Amen. 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 Let's bow our heads as we close. Father, today, we just thank you for your word. God, I thank you that, Lord, your word, even today, is building our faith. Lord, and we see now how to use our faith. God, we know that faith is believing and it's speaking. Lord, we know that faith is the title deed. And now today, God, we see that faith is active. God, and so we declare over each and every one of our lives that we're not passive, we're active with our faith. Lord, we're those who are going to grow and going to increase and we're going to believe under the saving of the soul. We'll march around this city, we'll shout, and then the walls will come down because we believe in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
1: As Casey was just finishing, I just wanted to share this thought. Like you can keep your eyes closed for a second. So many times this message, it sounds so that it's based on us, that it's all about us and our faith and what we can do and how strong are you and can you believe and you get in God's word. And that is such a huge part of it. But as I was sitting here and I was contemplating about this, I'm here to tell you today that Jesus Christ had faith in you. He had faith in you and he put it into action. His faith was active to the point that he went to the cross before you ever believed in him. He went to the cross and sacrificed himself before he, ever acknowledged him as Lord and savior. He's not asking us as believers to do anything that he himself did not model or show the way for. And so I'm here to tell you today, if you're saying, man, I'm not even sure how to do this. I'm here to tell you the Lord Jesus Christ, he showed the way when he went to the cross for you. He said, I believe in you. I have faith in you. I have faith that you are born for this time and for this place. I have faith that this is your city. This is your place. And I know that you will rise to the occasion that together when he is believing you, that he has bought you with a price and purchased you with a price as you grab onto that, that you will, your faith mixed with his actions will bring supernatural in Jesus name. And I'm just here In light of Casey's word, just to tell you, it's not just all about you. He's modeled it first. In his love for you, he said, I'm going to have faith in you first before you ever have faith in me. And our job here today as believers is to say, God, I reach back out and I believe your word.